Well, good morning, you guys. Good morning. Good to see you again. Uh, hope uh, everything is going well in your world and in your life. And God is having his way in, in us. That um, We are learning truly what it means to walk by faith. To, to be in this world, but to not be of the world. To live on the planet, but not live like the people of the planet who have wandered away from God. That we are, we are seen and, and more aware now of the differences between the things of God and the things of the evil one who has taken control of this planet. There is a big difference between living on this planet according to the ways of the world and living on this planet according to the ways of God. And that's what we're learning to do here because it will take effort to walk by faith. It will not come natural. It will be by intention and purpose and the choice of our will to surrender to the things of God. We will naturally not live our lives to honor God. We will be influenced by all of the things around us that are pulling us in its direction. So we're, we're learning to walk by faith. And, and um, the question I have for you as we get going is what's going on in you? Like what's going on in your life? Are you, are you, um, are you learning to walk by faith? Is this getting better for you as we talk about this topic over the last few weeks, and again today, and then next week, and then uh, announcement time um, after next Sunday? I will not be online any longer for a number of reasons, uh, but primarily because. Really the most important thing for the church to be uh, as, as we learn and grow in our faith is to, to be together. And uh, we have come through COVID, we are post-COVID. Yeah, there's some COVID hanging around and there's some flu-like symptoms that people are getting. But statistically, no, people are not dying. And people are not being hospitalized like they were a year and a half ago, two years ago. This is, it, it, we, are, we are on the other side of this. And it's time for us as believers to get back together with other believers. And so after next week, we're going to cut this off and we're going to encourage everyone to be in church, to be together with others, to worship together with other people, to rub shoulders with people, to sharpen each other, to be involved in the life of the church. Because we cannot walk by faith. If all we're doing is sitting on a couch or sitting in our living rooms or sitting wherever we are. So I love you. God has given us this amazing platform that has gotten us through the last couple of years. But I, I, I believe it's time that God is saying it's time for us to get back. To get back in connection with other believers and, and get busy working, serving in the kingdom, in the church and in the community for, for the Lord. So. But what's going on in you? I hope good things are happening in you. I hope you're being challenged to walk by faith, that, that, that God is doing something good. Because I really do believe that as we think about what it means to walk by faith, God is going to do something big if we'll let him. If we'll, we'll say, God, do something big in my life. I believe God wants to do something big in us as a church, on the planet, in this country, but also individually as people if, if anyone would say to God, God, here I am, use me, God, do something big in my life. I believe God 
wants to do that. I believe God wants to do something amazing in your life for the kingdom of God. And so I hope good things are happening for you. Um, Paul said, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul said, we walk by faith and not by sight. A little review over the last few weeks, the last month we've been in this topic. Paul said, we walk by faith and not by sight. We spent two weeks talking about that. We walk by faith and not by sight. Not by sight. We don't, we don't live according to the things that we see in this world and the pleasures of the world and the worldliness of the world. We, we don't live by those things. We're not going to let those things grip hold of us to the point that our life is only about those things. Our jobs and our careers and our money and our bank accounts and our homes and our cars and our boats. That is not what life is about. That is living by sight. And Paul said, we don't live by sight, we live by faith. And so there's a, a degree that we have to live in this world and we use the things of this world. But where is the balance between faith and stuff? Like for, for many people, stuff is the bigger part of their life. The things of sight are the bigger part of their, of their life and faith is a tiny little fraction. But what we're striving to do is, is let faith be bigger than sight. That we are living our lives on the planet, aware of what God is doing in our life and around us. That we're living in this world wanting to strive to please God and honor him in everything we do. And so faith is becoming more and sight and the things of this world and my involvement in it is becoming less. Or at least the purposes that I'm engaged in the world are, are changing. I'm not engaged with the world to satisfy me. I am engaged with the world for the glory of God, to reach the lost, to share the gospel, to be used by God. And that's growing. And my desire for myself in the flesh is shrinking. I hope that's what's happening in our life. Last two weeks, we were in James, and James said, faith without deeds is kaput. It's, it's no good. It's dead. It's useless. It's a boat dead on the water. It's not going anywhere, right? Faith without deeds is just, is just another life in the world just being pushed by the, the currents of the culture. Paul says, or James said, if your faith does not have evidence to support it, then your faith is dead. If all you do is talk about Jesus and you know about Jesus and you watch sermons and maybe even listen to music and maybe wear the t-shirt about Jesus, but your life isn't full of honoring God with deeds that represent him that are for his glory and for his kingdom, then your faith is like a boat dead on the water. And so... We're learning about what this faith is, involves, and it's more than just a bunch of talk. It has to do with the life that we live on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, Paul is going to uh, show us something in the book of Galatians. I wanna, we're going to look at Galatians, so if you ever have Bibles, go to Galatians. And um, Paul's going to be a little bit gentler with us. Last week, James just beat the tar out of us with um, faith and deeds. Like doing it, if you don't, your life is dead. 
And, and there were some tough things that James said last week, but Paul, Paul's going to be a little gentler today. And uh, he's going he's gonna to share a little bit on the grace side. James was on the evidence side of your grace. You're, you're saved by grace? Good. Now show me the proof. Paul is more like, no, we're saved by grace. And, and so we're going to look at something that he said to the Galatians uh, in the book of uh, Galatians. The gospel of grace, we'll call it. Paul's talking to the Galatians who are a group of Christians that live in um, Galatia. And um, they are the Galatians. And uh, he, is, he is sharing with them some important truths about uh, the differences between Jews and Gentiles. Like, like there's a group of people who are Jews and there's a group of people who are Gentiles and both have been uh, brought into the kingdom of God, right? And we're no longer following the Old Testament covenant in Jesus. We, it led us to this point, but the Jews have to relearn some things and the Gentiles have to learn some things for the first time. And so it's a church that's trying to figure this out, the difference between law and grace. Peter's ministry to the Jews and Paul's ministry to the Gentiles. And Paul's dealing with these different issues. And uh, apparently some false believers have infiltrated the ranks in, in the church in Galatia. And they are teaching false doctrine. And they're saying false things. And they're trying to get people to do things that they're, they're, they don't need to be doing. And so there's issues that Paul is trying to work out. Like, like, do Gentiles need to be circumcised? You know, in the law, God told Abraham to circumcise everyone, and that was a mark of a Jew, that you were circumcised. That was the Jewish, uh, part of the Jewish covenant, circumcision. And, and do they need to follow, do the Jews and the Gentiles need to follow Jewish laws in order to now come into Christ and to be uh, under grace, the grace of Jesus, who came through the Jews? Uh, or are they saved by grace through faith alone, apart from the law and apart from deeds and apart from keeping all these, you know, hundreds of uh, rules and regulations that we read about in the Old Testament? So Paul's dealing with things like this. And, and where does the law fit into the cross of Christ? When we say law, we're talking primarily about the Old Testament laws, the books of Moses, the commandments. But we're also talking in part about doing certain things, keeping certain religious regulations and ceremonies and traditions and laws. Like even today, religious laws that people feel that you must do in order for you to truly be a Christian. And this is what Paul is dealing with. And we, we come to chapter 2, uh, verse 19 to 21. And here's what the scripture says. Paul says, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. 
Now, Paul in these three verses has a number of things that he wants to share with these Galatians as they are dealing with these different topics and he's trying to point them to faith and what faith really means, what it means to live by faith, to walk by faith. And um, his main point though in this, in this little section that Paul shares is simply this. I mean, this is the kind of the, the, the bottom line road where the rubber meets the road. Paul is saying to them this. My life in the flesh, in this body, I live by faith. That's what Paul says, period. That's it. Simply put, this life that I now live in this flesh, in this vessel, in this body, in this, in my journey on this earth, in this jar of clay, this cheap, fragile bag of bones, sack of bones that I call my body, that's going to came from dust and is going to return to dust, this jar of clay will be from here on out powered by and directed by the Spirit of God in me. Faith in Christ is what I am going to live by from here on out. I'm not going to listen to the, the worldliness of my flesh or the, 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 the simplicity of life on planet Earth and the things that I see and the temptations of the world and my senses and all the things that have been corrupted by the flesh. Paul says, I am going to live my life by faith, by faith in Christ. And so... That's what we're doing here. We're taking this deep dive into what it means to walk by faith, what this means, right? What this means. We've seen Paul say some things. We've seen James say some things. And now Paul is going to say something else. And I've got to tell you, it is going to, this is going to be a battle. There is nothing easy about this, right? Most of the world just said, forget it. I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry and do whatever I want and just Anything goes. That's our culture today. Is anything goes. There's no truth. There's no absolutes. There's no, there's no way that we must live. Your way is good for you. My way is good for me. Who are you to tell anyone else how they should live their lives? If you want to identify as that, you might you go right ahead. And if you want to identify as that, you just go right ahead. And the world is, is just erasing any form of truth absolutes and God-given or prescribed ways to live. The world would like to just wipe it all out and you do whatever you want and I do whatever I want and we just live on the planet and share it. We coexist together. However you want, however I want. So it's a battle. So this walking by faith in this world, in this culture, in the climate that we find ourselves in this day and age, is a struggle. It's a struggle constantly between the flesh living on the planet in the flesh, just like everyone else, and living by the Spirit of God living in me that has now come to live in me, and I want to live to honor God. There's a, this is a battle. This is a struggle. This is not easy. This is the most difficult kind of life that you could possibly live because we truly are trying to be light in the middle of darkness. We are trying to be like God's people in the midst of chaos and violence and, and anger and godlessness. And so this is not easy. This is not in any way 
easy because there is this struggle in my life for who's in control. Like there's a struggle, struggle in my life for who's in charge of me, who's in charge of the decision I'm going to make today. And, and it's a battle every day because I know in myself the good that I want to do, that I know I should do. Well, I also know that evil is right there lurking, right? It's just right there wanting to grab hold of the reins and take control again. And there's this constant battle between living for God and the world trying to grab control of the reins in me even. This battle that I'm in. To the extent that in Romans 7, 24, Paul said, like, in light of this, what a wretched man I am. I am like torn I want to honor God, but my flesh wants what it wants. Paul says, what a wretched man I am. And then he says this, who will rescue me from this body, this jar of clay, this body of death? That's powerful stuff. Paul, Paul has clearly come to understand the battle, the struggle. There's a bug right there. Just come. The struggle between the flesh and the spirit right here living in this body, both wanting control and my will getting to decide who gets control. It's a constant battle. Well, Paul's got some news for us. He's got some good news for us. He's going to give us some insight to this that's going to help us understand what it means to walk by faith in light of Paul saying, this, this life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Paul says this, verse 19. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. Just look at that for a minute. Paul is going to raise three things here in this one verse that he's going to kind of, kind of uh, dig into in this passage. The first thing is the law. The second thing is death. And the third thing is living for God. So there's the law, which is what we just talked about, the Old Testament commands of God, the Ten Commandments of Moses, all of that we have from the prophets, all of the law and the prophets that have been brought to this day. We got the law. Pharisees were trying to live by the law. They were trying to keep every dot and tittle of the law trying to enforce that on anyone else, even though it couldn't be done, they were saying, look, this is how we have to live, to be right with God. There's death. Paul says, through the law, I died. So death plays a part in what Paul's going to say to us. And the third thing is that I might live for God. So there's this faith issue, this striving to live for God. Law, death, live for God. Three huge things throughout the New Testament, throughout the scriptures. Paul has come to realize that he cannot be perfect by keeping the law. Paul has come to understand, even though for a long time he didn't get it, he has come to realize that he cannot live perfect, and therefore he stood in the presence of God condemned and guilty of not keeping the law. Right? That breaking the tiniest piece of the law meant that you broke the whole law. If you broke any little piece of the law, then you have broken the entire law. That's just how it is. The only way to be saved through the law was if you kept every law completely to its fullest degree. And the minute you broke one little tiny piece, you broke the whole thing. Like if you had a chain that was 10,000 
links long and you broke one link, you broke the chain. You broke the whole chain, right? It's kind of like, you know, this idea of the, of the water, right? Got this fresh glass of water, big pitcher of water. It's clear, it's perfect, drink it, it's refreshing. And then you just sprinkle a little bit of dirt in there, in that nice big jar of water, pure water. And you sprinkle some dirt in there. Now, you've only put a little bit of dirt in there, but it has now contaminated and ruined the entire pitcher of water. So a little bit of sin in somebody's life begins to corrupt the, 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 the whole but none of us stop at a little. We all have lots of lots of sin in our life that has made us polluted, that has cut us off from God. And this is what Paul has come to understand. And he's like saying, look, if you try to be justified by keeping the law, you will have to keep every, every little tiny part of it. And you can't do it. Paul realized he couldn't do it. Only Jesus was able to accomplish that, which is why Jesus could be the perfect sacrifice for you and me. No one else, only Jesus. And he could only do it if he was fully God and fully man, which gave him the ability and the power and the strength to not only live a perfect life, but die in the place of those who couldn't, who can't. And that's all of us. So remember, this is Paul. This is Paul. So Paul, this is Paul coming to this realization, right? This is the mighty Saul of Tarsus. Remember, he, he was converted to Jesus, like on the road to uh, Damascus. He was out, going out to kill Christians, and Jesus appeared to him. And then later on, Saul took on the name Paul. Paul. And so he, he's a devout Jew. He is a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's a Roman citizen. He is a Pharisee and the son of a Pharisee. It says that in Acts 23, 6, who on the road to persecuting Christians met Jesus. He was blinded, he was humbled, and he was baptized, and his life was completely transformed by God. Right? By God. But, but Paul, his Saul, his entire life was built on keeping the commands. He had grown up learning all of the law. He had grown up learning the ways of God in the Old Testament and all the prophets. He knew what they said and he knew what he had to do to keep them all. And he strove to keep the law. He grew up learning that to be right with God, you have got to keep the law in its entirety. But when Paul met Jesus, all of that changed because Paul realized he couldn't, and he found freedom in the truth of Christ. And what Paul did was he came to understand that all that the law really did for Paul and for us was point out our flaws, right? Like, like looking in a mirror does. You look in a mirror and you go, wow, oh, oh. Oh, look at that wrinkle. Look at that. Look at those eyebrows. Oh my goodness, they need trim. Look at my nose here sticking out. All the law did was, it's like a mirror that said, look, we got issues. The law said to Paul and to you and me, what it says to us is, look, there is brokenness in your life. 
There is separation from you and God in your life because there is sin in your life. Here's the law. It's perfect. And here's you. You don't, you don't measure up. Paul has came to understand that, that the law wasn't going to get him there. It wasn't going to get him in a right relationship with God. The law, however, did bring Paul to Christ eventually, like a school teacher or like a schoolmaster. The law brought Paul to Christ. The law showed him that his only hope is through grace and not in keeping the law. What the law was powerless to do, Christ did. That's what Paul learned. And, and that's why Paul later on in chapter 3, in this letter, a number of times he's going to hit on this idea. He says to the Galatians later on, no man or woman is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. And so Paul's conclusion in this is this. I'm dead in my sin. The law has shown me that I am dead and in my sin. I look into the law and what do I see? I see sinful me. I see where I don't measure up, where I miss the mark. Right? That's what Paul sees when he looks into the law. And he sees, I cannot be made right with God through the law. It's, it's not going to work. It leaves me, it leaves me short. I fall short when I look into the law and try to be justified with God through the law. It, it, it shows me that I can't. I'm useless. I'm powerless. I'm sinful. And at least Paul with this conclusion, my only, my only salvation is in the Son of God. My only salvation is in Jesus. This is why Paul says in verse 21 of our passage, I'm going to skip verse 20 for a second. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Like God saw us in our dilemma, in our sinfulness, in our separation and brokenness, and he realized that we cannot be saved by trying to keep the law because, because we're weak because we give in to temptation, because the will that he put in us struggled with choosing to honor him. And we're so fleshly and so like inward and so selfish. And so God decided that he would send his son Jesus into the world to cover our weakness, to bring us to a place that we could not get on our own to fill in the gap, to build that bridge that we could not build ourselves because we, we fell short by our own selfishness and sinfulness. Christ came to rescue us. Jesus came to rescue us because the law left us short, left us short of life and eternity with Christ left us short of getting back into the presence of God. Sin cut us off and separated us, and the law was no longer effective in leading us to Christ or leading us back to God. And Christ is our only hope. See, what the law did 
was the law left us dead in our sin. The law left us separated from God. The law left us out in the dark, away from the truth and the light of God. Paul is like, grace is all I have. Grace is all any of us have. If we could be justified or made right with God through the law, then Jesus would not have had to come. There would have been no need for Jesus to come if we could have done it through the law. But because we couldn't, God sent his only son for you and for me. It's why scripture says, while we were still powerless or sinful, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were still stuck in our sin, God sent his son. While we were nailing Jesus to the cross, God was giving us grace. Grace in his son. When it comes to being made right with God by keeping the law with all of its commands, in the words of my New York buddy, Joey D, forget about it. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. You cannot be made right with God by keeping the law. So faith is not going to happen through the law. The law provided knowledge, gave us some insight. The law pointed us to our need for our Savior. And the law showed us that we are desperately in need of God's grace. But the law can't save or complete our faith in any way. It only showed us of our need. Verse 20, Paul says, I have been, and this is the heart of the passage, that we're going to wrap up here today. And then next week, we're going to come back and I'm going to dig into this a little more because Paul says something and I want this to sit with us this week as we just think about this this week and just meditate on this, this section and this verse alone, verse 20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For me. A great passage. It hits our faith issue, walking by faith, smack on the head. This idea of, of faith in Jesus. And my inability to get there any other way but through Christ and his grace. And I want to pull two really important things out of this that Paul says to us in these verses. Paul says to us, check this out. He says, look, you want to walk by faith? You want to walk by faith? Are you sure that you want to walk by faith? That it begins with a two-step process. Paul says, you want to come into faith? You want to walk in faith? You want to walk by faith? You want to live your life out for Christ and not for the things of this world? There's a two-step process that involves one cross and a resurrection. It involves one cross and a resurrection in your life. And we're going to let it set right there. And next week, we're going to come back and we're going to wrap this up and talk about those two things. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. And let this verse right here, this verse, I have been crucified with Christ 
and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I'm going to now live in the flesh or in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I want to challenge you, write this verse out. Write it out on, your, on paper, somewhere. Write it out. Let it, let it sink into your heart all week long. And next week, we're going to come back for our final week on, on recorded, uh, this recorded message uh, platform. And we're going to just finish this up. And we're talking about walking by faith. Walking by faith. God bless you guys.